Transmere Enlightenment Academy podcast, Holistic Transformation. Today, we have Nancy O'Keefe, who is a certified human design specialist, intuitive business coach, and compassionate transformer, who helps women peel back the layers of who they have been taught to be to reveal their inner truth and go after their greatest desires. She will talk to us today about three sacred gifts you can learn from the human design chart. Welcome, Nancy. Hi, Dr. Beverly. It's so great to be here. Thank you. It's always fun to talk to you, especially about human design, my favorite topic. Mine too. So tell us about these three things we need to know. Well, you know, it's very interesting. In our life, well-meaning parents and teachers and just society as a whole has an idea of what we should do and how we should be. And they begin teaching us and correcting us. And when we come into this world, we come into the world with a life purpose, with a sense of who we are, with the right skills and talents to support us in being who we are and achieving our life purpose. And that kind of gets watered down over the years by the teachings that we have. Well-meaning as they are, they tend to um, sort of dampen some of the creativity and the spontane spontaneity and you know the other aspects of ourselves that are so juicy and good, the differences that we all have. So what I love to help people with is, as you said, peel back the layers of who they've been taught to be to reveal who they truly are, which is something you know deep down inside of you and just sort of let it loose so that you can be free to explore what you're here to explore, to be who you're here to be and to accomplish what you're here to accomplish. So there are three major parts of human design that really can make a difference. If anybody's ever heard of human design, um, you know, there's a chart, it looks like Greek, it's pretty complicated. Um, but it's really not too bad. Human design is based on a number of systems. It's based on the astrology system, the chakra system, the Kabbalah, the I Ching, and then there's a little quantum physics thrown in there too. And from something as simple as your date of birth, time of birth, and place of birth, we can pull your chart, which gives us just a whole lot of information. And one thing we learn from human design is that we are all divinely designed and we are all different. And one of the things that we tend to do in our country, especially, is we tend to uh, push conformity. Uh, we appreciate people that are the same. As a matter of fact, over the last decade or so, uh, you know, we even get into differences in a way that make us fear them and perhaps even hate them. And we lose the juiciness that we each bring to the table in our differences. We're here to bring those differences forward in the world. We all know that the world is in turmoil and you're here right now at this specific time to give your gifts because they're needed right now in the world. Mm. So long answer to your question, but the three sacred gifts in your human design chart are really how you're wired to operate, your life purpose, and the skills and talents that you brought with you to achieve that life purpose. And we get at that by looking at your energy type, by looking at your strategy, how you're wired to make decisions, 
And then we look at all the gates and channels in your body graph. To, those are really the skills and talents you have. And we also look at how you're using them. Are you using them in the highest expression or are you hiding them? Or are they in the shadows and you're not using them to the highest potential? There are some skills and talents that aren't terribly valued and appreciated in the world of work as an example. And because we wanna fit in and we wanna conform, we tend to kind of tuck those in the background and not use them. But you're really shortchanging yourself and the world when you do that. It's very hard to be something you're not. It's exhausting, it takes a lot of effort. And every time you hide your juiciness, you're forcing yourself to be something that you're not. I have a cute little exercise I could share with your listeners if you would like to kind of sure. demonstrate that. Sure. Do you need the screen? Nope. I'll just ask your listeners, for those of you listening in the car, don't do this now, do it later, but it's simple. But if you take just a blank piece of paper and you put your pen in your non-dominant hand, the one you don't normally sign your name with, and then try signing your name. And how does that feel? Usually people use the words awkward, not natural. Well, I'm it's, ambidextrous. Oh, well then you don't, you're cheating then <laughs> if you're ambidextrous. But if you're not, it's awkward, it's hard. It takes more effort and concentration. Um, you, your hand might cramp up, you might feel tired afterwards. But if you now put the hand, the pen in the hand that you are usually writing with and then sign your name, you'll find that it feels effortless, that it feels natural, that you can do it without thinking. So that's really the difference between living your human design and not living your human design. Can you do it? Yes, but it's exhausting. It's much easier just to be who you are. It's effortless. And in the case of your business owner listening, listeners, when you're living effortlessly, you bring ease and flow into your life and your business. You attract the right clients because you're being authentic. And we can talk about how that shows up for clients in a minute. And you're also in a position to bring abundance into your life because you're being yourself and you're attracting the right things. So those are, you know, kind of the, the best parts of human design, if you will. Well, that also applies even if you're working in corporate America, right? Or working absolutely in any kind of group. Um, and, and I'm a splenic projector and we're, you know, less than 20% are splenic projectors and we just don't fit in. <laughs> we're, one, we're one of those groups that just doesn't fit in. <laughs> well, that's true to a point. You don't fit in because you're forced to work in a generator world. You know, if you think of the generators, one of the energy types as the energizer bunnies, we've all seen that commercial. And, you know, they've got unlimited energy because those batteries just keep going and going and going. That's the world of work we lived in. We started working 40 hour work weeks. Now we're up to, I don't know, 60, 70, 80 hour weeks. And that's the norm. But there are only, you know, one group of people are fit for that, and that's the generators. But the projectors, 20%, the manifestors, 9%, the reflectors, 1%. You guys just don't have that sustainable energy to do that. 
And in many cases, it can force you to burn out by the time you're around 50. And you've got to take rest periods during the day. The whole world understands this except the United States. In Europe, I'll never forget the first time I went to France. We flew all night. We got there in the morning. By the time we drove to the place where we were staying in the countryside, we stopped for lunch and nothing was open. They were closed for two hours in the middle of the day. Why? Because they realized that people need a break in the middle of the day. You know, in, in Spanish cultures, they have, you know, the siesta. A lot of Europe takes a few hours out in the middle of the day. But over here in the U.S., we just work, 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 and we don't stop until the end of the day. And we have a little trouble figuring out when that is, too. So you have to honor what your energy type is. If you're not somebody with sustainable, consistent energizer bunny energy, you might need to take a break whether that's a walk at lunchtime, or I know people that go out into their car and sit in the sun and take a little snooze for 10, 15 minutes, set your alarm on your phone and just recharge your batteries. It's necessary. Otherwise you're just not gonna make it through the 10 hour day. That's absolutely true. And I was just thinking back to when I worked in corporate America and they had a bed in the they had a small room in off the edge of the bathroom in the ladies room and i remember several times having to go in there and take a nap that's great that they had that and i i forgot all about that but then when i had my own consulting company i only had to work part time for a six figure salary so that worked really well for me but corporate america was exhausting um but, but being my own boss works much better for me. Absolutely, for the projectors and the manifestors. And, you know, the thing is, let me just explain the five types for your listeners that haven't heard of human design. They're all meant to work together. So the first type is the manifestor. They have initiating energy, 9% of the population. If you think of a Broadway play, they're the script writers. They're the ones with the ideas. They're the ones that get the ball rolling. And then we have the generators. There are actually two types of generators, but they're both those, you know, energizer bunny types making up about 70% of the population. And they would be the actors in the production. The, you know, the actors, perhaps the uh, choreographers, they would also be maybe the uh, set designers and the uh, costume designers. They're the ones that take the ideas and build them into reality. Then you have your projectors, 20% of the population. You guys are the directors and the producers of the production. You're mm -hmm. here to manage and guide the rest of us. You see how we operate. You see where our uh, best opportunities are. You see where our flaws are. You have an innate ability to see into people and recognize their, you know, their gifts and then maybe where their blocks are too. And then finally, we have the reflectors, and they're like the audience in the production. They have mirror energy, and they're here to share with the rest of us how we're doing. They're either going to clap for us, or hopefully not, but they might boo as well. And they're here to give us a, a little reading on how we're doing. So we're all meant to work together. And when you say as a projector, you know, you're different, you don't fit in. Well, well, no, you don't, because you're here to really manage and guide the rest of us. 
And one of the things about projectors is that they do have this insightful nature. And, you know, they want to share what they know. They want to tell people what they see. They want to share those insights. And not everybody is ready, willing, or able to hear those things. They don't want to hear anything about themselves that might be not you know, positive or might require them to do a little work to change things. So oftentimes as a projector, what you have in the way of insight and how valuable that is, is not appreciated by others. And frankly, they don't want to hear it. So you can feel perhaps a little, you know, put off and the fact that nobody really wants to hear what you have to say. So yes, you are different. Everybody's different though. No matter what your energy type is, there are so many other aspects of human design that each one of us is completely unique. And it's really a beautiful thing if we'd embrace it as it's meant to be embraced. That's true. Um, it's, uh, I found that learning my human design aspect has really opened up a lot of information about myself that nothing else has given me. So that's why I like to talk about it with people and find out what's your human designs because mm -hmm. it makes a difference. And even looking up people in my family and what are they and what was our dynamic, you know, growing up and, and now and how is that affected? And it's like all of a sudden, so many things make sense. Oh, this is how they are. Okay, so I have to work this way with them. <laughs> mm -hmm. Very, very, very insightful in terms of relationships. I have a friend who is a projector like you, and she lives in a manifestor household, a manifesting generator, sorry, household. And her husband and her children are all manifesting generators. Manifesting generators are the energizer bunny with speedy energy. They are the speediest people on the planet. They, if you think of the fable, the tortoise and the hare, where they had the race to the finish line and the hare was up and back six times in the time it took the tortoise to get there. That's kind of the difference between the manifesting generator and the generator. Well, I had a conversation with her one day and she was standing up as she was talking to me on Zoom and she's flitting around the room and she was like, you know, a caged cat. She couldn't relax. She couldn't stop. And I'm like, what, what's the matter? Is something bothering you? And she goes, I don't know. I just feel like this. And I'm thinking, and we look at her chart and sure enough, She's a projector living in a world of manifesting generators. And she frankly just can't keep up with them, nor does she have to. And once we discussed that dynamic in her household, and I made a few recommendations about how she needs to get out of their energy for a period every day. And she needs to be in a position to take a rest and, and do self-nurturing things for herself. You know, go get a facial, have a manicure, you know, whatever you need to do. Um, her whole life at home changed. It was less chaotic. It was less dramatic. Um, and she was able to relax in and brace herself to deal with the manifesting generators when she wanted to and needed to, but also get that time away that let her relax and go at her own pace with her own energetic wiring. So it's, it's so neat when you look at your family dynamic or even people you work with, even clients and you understand the various energy types and what they bring to the table, it does help you work with them in a way that really serves them and serves yourself as well. Yeah, I did, when I did my uh, 
family's uh, charts. It turns out my husband, ex-husband and my daughter were both manifesting generators and uh, me as the projector. But I thought, well, how did that work? Well, my husband and I actually kind of lived two separate lives. We only came together socially with friends. The rest of the time he was off doing something and I was off doing something. We just <laughs> Yeah. Oh, and that's probably why it worked. So we had a pool. So I'd be in the pool. I said, do you want to go swimming? No, but I'd be out laying out by the sun, by yeah. the pool, resting. Yeah. He'd be in the garage working. So yeah. that's how we survived it. And then my daughter grew up and she's a manifesting generator. Her daughter's a manifesting generator and her husband's a projector. So she's recreated that dynamic in her family. Yeah. Yeah, it's very challenging um, if you don't understand it. I, I have a manifesting generator boyfriend of 20 years, and I'm a, I'm a generator, so I don't have the speed. I'm the turtle. Um, and for years, you know, I'd mention, oh, you know, let's go out to dinner, such and such a place. And he would, I'm just talking about it. No decisions have been made. And he's up, dressed, and ready to go, and rushing me you know, aren't you going to change your clothes? What time are we leaving? Blah, blah, blah. And I'd be like, I don't know. Did we decide to even go? So, you know, I always felt terribly rushed by him. And when I got into human design and I learned about it, boy, a light went off and, and it dawned on me. He's a manifesting generator. He's not trying to rush me. That's just his speedy energy. And I've never understood that before. We used to bicker about this issue all the time. Every time we went out, there was a little bickering that went on before we left. And now we don't do that anymore. It's because I understand where he's coming from. And he's okay, frankly, with going and sitting out in the car for 10 minutes while I put on my lipstick and get ready to go. So it works beautifully now. So there's such an understanding and enlightenment that you can get by just looking at the charts of others and uh, understanding just a, sl a slight amount about human design. The chart is very rich. There are 64 gates and nine centers and all kinds of channels and you know profiles. And there's a lot of information in that chart. But even if you just understand the energy type, it goes a long way toward helping you really manage those relationships that you have that might be a little bit difficult. Yeah, that's pretty much what I understand is the energy types because I'm into energy and stuff. Um, when you go into those gates and keys and all that stuff. Yeah. I don't, I, I'm not there. <laughs> yeah. And you know, that's why you have a, a reading with somebody who knows all that yeah, stuff so they can impart it to you. But the yeah. other probably uh, really important piece and sacred gift that you can get from uh, just a cursory look at your human design is the whole idea of your authority and the idea of your strategy. So let me cover authority first. Everybody has a decision-making center in their body based on their type and other aspects of themselves. And guess what? None of the decision-making centers are located in the head. Yet all of our life, we're taught weigh the pros and cons, think logically, you know, you know, do a, a linear progression, you know, and all that. And you know, that that is just not right. It's just not right. <laughs> no one can make an aligned choice from their head. The energy in your head and your third eye, which is called your Ajna, 
that energy is about questioning. It's about being able to ask the right questions and to have enough curiosity to get the information that you need to get answers. Once you get the information that could be a potential answer or a hypothesis, if you will, then you've got to feel into it in your decision-making center, in your body, your authority. Now, there are a number of them and they aren't really, they don't go by energy type per se. You mentioned that you are a splenic projector. So your decision-making authority is in the spleen and that's a gut reaction decision-making authority. You have a very quick way to make a decision. You feel it in your gut right away. It's either right or it's not. But some people have the type of decision-making center that requires that they take more time or that they talk it out with others. Mm -hmm. So if you have a decision-making center that requires that you take more time, and there are a lot of us, I think it's over 50% have that type of uh, decision-making authority. A lot of times we can say yes to something and we really don't want to do it. That yes turns into a no when we think about it. If you've ever been in a situation where somebody asked you to do something and you were a resounding yes, and a couple of days later you thought to yourself, why did I sign up for this? Or what was I thinking when I did this? then you're probably what's known as an emotional decision maker. And you need time to decide if that decision is the right decision over the next couple of days, hours, weeks. It, it varies from person to person. So if you think about it, and that many people are emotional decision makers, there's a lot of people in the world walking around, living a life they said yes to that some amount of time later be, became a no and they're really not happy. And that, that's a shame. So just knowing our decision-making authority is so helpful and it helps us make good decisions as a business owner. It helps us get out of overwhelm because we can say no to something because we really felt whether that's good for us or not. And because we've been trained to do the thinking thing, once you start going up in your head and second guessing yourself, you know, you're on the wrong track. Mm -hmm. And sometimes it takes a little um, time and effort to reacquaint ourselves with our decision-making authorities and maybe a little practice to get in the habit of listening and trusting ourselves. So that's interesting. And then there's our strategy. Our strategy is how we're wired to operate in the world. So you may have a strategy that allows you to initiate. When we are in business, as an example, and we want to do something, get something out there to our um, you know, buying public or what have you, we're taught just do it, initiate, get it out there, sell it, push, push, push. Well, that's all well and good, but if you don't have initiating energy, it's not going to work for you. All of our sales models are based on that initiating energy. And guess what? that works for about 9% of the population. The rest of us feel like sales is yucky. It doesn't work for me. What's wrong with me? How come I can't do this? It's because you're not wired that way. So if you're somebody like a generator who's built to respond, I can't just put some new service out there in the world. I'll get crickets every time. Or you know, if I hope 10 people are gonna sign up, I'll probably get one or two. 
But if I respond to some requirement or some need out in the, in the world, and it can't be my own idea, it has to be something that comes to me through an outside force, I will have much better luck responding than I will initiating. And for projectors, you guys have it even a little tougher because you have to actually be invited in to do things. Mm -hmm. And it's really tough in the world of work to coax that invitation out of people, mm -hmm. but that's what's required or they, they may not even see and hear you. Yeah. But when you um, know this about yourself and you can structure your marketing speak and your sales speak a little differently to honor not only your type, but the, you know, the buyer that you're going after, it can make all the difference in the world. And it's a much better strategy than trying to tweak what you're offering every couple of months because you know you didn't get any traction. What you have is probably great. It's just getting it out there that has to be tweaked a little bit. So absolutely, yeah. And and I find the way most people, it's not just sales, but marketing. Um, it it's for a projector, people have to know you. And say, mm -hmm. you know, you know that. Oh, why don't you show me that? And that's how I used to work when I had my office, when I was had my acupuncture office open, my practice. People mm -hmm. would come and say, Would you teach us this? Would you teach us that? And then I would teach the class. I never I never put it out there. Here, I'm teaching this class. Come at this date, because that never worked for me. Right. Them <laughs> asking you was a clear invitation. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. And I think moving to an online business world sort of has shortchanged the generators and the projectors a little bit because it's hard to initiate online. Mm -hmm. You do have to, first for generators, you have to show your passion. That's what magnetizes people to you. The fact that you're so passionate about it. For projectors, you have to build those relationships. And, you know, it's difficult to get that started when you're in an online world. Um, so, you know, doing things like podcasting and, uh, you know, writing blogs or anything that gets you out there in a way that helps people get to know you. Um, I've even suggested to some projectors that maybe they have an open call hour or something. You know, they might not get anybody to call in, but um, if you're available and people can call you and ask questions and it, there's no money exchange, it's not any pressure. It's just, hey, I'm here, I'm willing to help. Um, you know, people might take you up on that and there might be an invitation that you can get out of that for uh, something further. So it's really knowing how to manipulate your energy in a way that serves you and, and gets people to notice you. Yeah, it's challenging. Well, I think the whole world right now is challenging because people there's so many people living in fear there's people losing their jobs there's uh, i don't think anybody has not been affected i think everyone has been affected and that has an impact on everything absolutely so my goal right now is just to give as much information to people as i can and not worry about it that what will come will come i'm just trusting god to take care of everything exactly right and you know the world is in a big you know, pattern of change, a lot of upheaval, a lot of the institutions that we've come to depend on uh, are, you know, having difficulty or crumbling or failing. You know, we see it every day, hospitals closing, uh, banks failing, you know, the things that we 
all come to depend on, they're struggling too. And, you know, one of the things that I think is so important for everyone, we are in a a huge period of change and it's going to really go on for probably the next at least five, seven, eight years. And if you're not grounded in yourself and who you are, and you're not clear about what you bring to the table, you may have some trouble adjusting. Or if you have a lot of fear, as you mentioned, and you can't understand that fear and maybe you know, walk through some of it, you're gonna have trouble adjusting. So one of the wonderful things about human design, it's almost a byproduct of just you know, understanding yourself is really pinpointing that fears and seeing in your chart, oh, yeah, that, that's why I have that fear. That's why I have fear of the past. There it is right in my chart. Or that's why I have fear of the future or any of the other feels, fears that come from the spleen and we all have them. But if you understand that and you can muster up the courage to work with your fear, you'll never get rid of, of the fear. But if you can work with it, then you can really walk through it. And that's what we have to do today as we you know, are fearful of the change. Everybody is fearful of change. No one likes change. No one. Maybe a few change agents. That's about I it. Like change. <laughs> of course, I'm a five life path. Yeah, there you go. See, you're a change agent and a visionary. So now, you know, I'm the that's... kind of person that makes change happen. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And it, but even people that make change sometimes are it's difficult to change. It's a struggle. Well, you go through a lot of, I'll call it stuff. You've, you've got to face things in yourself and heal them. And yes. you think, oh, man, I finally healed this. And then, then you, next time you turn around, you go, oh, crap, I got all this other stuff to work on. Yeah. <laughs> and then you get through that and you think, yeah. Then you go, yeah. oh, God, there's more over here. Well, what is it they say? The only thing in life that's constant is change. Yeah. I'll tell you a story. I came from New England. I now live in South Carolina. Man, do we have some thunderstorms down here? Well, I was raised to be afraid of thunderstorms. My mother was deathly afraid of storms. Every time that we had thunder and lightning where I live, which wasn't all that often, but she would make us sit on top of the cellar steps and close the door so we couldn't see the lightning and the thunder was somewhat muted. If it was a really bad storm, we got in the car and went to some shopping place you know that we didn't have malls in those days but she took us to some store so we would be with other people and she didn't have to deal with it by herself I mean she was really afraid of it so I grew up being trained to be afraid of thunder and lightning well I was down here you know I don't know three months and I'm like I can't I can't deal with this because we have a rip-roaring thunderstorm in the summer every single day and we have tornadoes on top of that So I had to face my fear or I had to move one of the two. And I really love it here. So I wasn't going to move. And, you know, it took me a while, but I just made up my mind that, you know, I was going to go. I have a room that doesn't have any windows. It's in the middle of the house and it's actually a little hobby room. And um, I go in there. I can't see the lightning, but I keep doing whatever I'm doing. I don't cower under the covers or sit on the cellar stairs. I don't even have a cellar. So. And I don't, you know, hide in the bed and pull the covers over my head. Do I like thunder and lightning? No, but I keep doing what I was doing. And for the most part, I ignore it. 
occasionally there'll be a big, you know, clap or a threat of a tornado or something. And I'm, I'm afraid, but I hang in there and I, I work through my fear because I have to. And if you can get yourself to that point, uh, you can learn to deal with your fears and they no longer stop you from doing what you want to do. And that's where we all need to get. I love thunderstorms. Oh my goodness. You do. Uh, Arizona. We don't have a lot in California and I moved here from California and I wasn't even here a few months and all of a sudden there's thunderstorms and I'm out there and I'm, and I'm, I'm not outside, but I'm in the garage with the garage door open and I've got my hand out in the rain and there was a neighbor across the street and we're waving at each other <laughs> and we're just out there in the thunder. And then I moved up to Cottonwood and there was a thunderstorm and I thought I'm going to take a picture because it was flooding in the street. And I went out there and the thunderclap was so close the lightning was so close I'd never been in a thunderstorm with the lightning that close and mm -hmm. I almost dropped my camera <laughs> I had to run yeah. back in the house yeah. I went, okay now I have an app that tells me how far away the yeah. lightning is <laughs> so I don't go out when the lightning is close <laughs> well I've been in structures that were hit by lightning more than once including an airplane oh wow yeah. Oh my. When I was a kid, uh, I was in a metal, it was at, I was at a camp, summer camp, and it was a metal portico over a cement slab. And there were a bunch of picnic tables on under it and we were eating our lunch and it struck that structure. And I mean, it was so loud. It was deafening, yeah. but we were fine. Um, and then in an airplane once it was hit by lightning uh, it shuttered, the lights went out for a second and the pilot came on and said, oh, don't worry, ladies and gentlemen, just a little static discharge off the aircraft. We all bought it till it happened a second time, a few minutes later. And then I'm like, no, that was lightning. That was not a static discharge off the airplane. <laughs> that was pretty scary, but we were fine. We were fine. Things are actually designed to uh, handle that. Yep. Um, they even have a little... A little propeller thing that comes out of the bottom of the airplane that'll power all their instruments just in case the instruments go out. Oh wow, that's so, good yeah. to know. <laughs> that's good. I watch these airlines where I learn a lot about planes. <laughs> and oh. um yeah, so they're they're it's unless it takes out the engines. Yeah. You know well fortunately it didn't do any of those things. We were we were fine, but it did make the plane shudder. And for one brief second, there was a flicker in the light. So, but. so did you ever find out why you decided to have a mother that would teach you to be afraid of lightning? I did not. But evidently, that was one of the lessons that I was supposed to learn in this lifetime. And I'm happy to say I've pretty much learned it. So, oh, you know, going in, there's nothing wrong with going into a room where you know you're going to be safe. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, it's right across the hall from my office. So, um, you know, if it's not too bad, I've gotten to the point now where I just don't go anywhere. I just stay wherever I am, even if it's, you know, in the living room and I have a wall of sliding glass doors with no, you know, their curtains on the side, but they don't close. And I'm to the point now where I don't even, you know, I can see the lightning. It doesn't even bother me. So I've come a long way, baby. <laughs> So working through your fears is important. It is important working through your fears. And again, the human design chart will point out some of the areas where you may have fears. 
And guilt is also a fear, by the way. A lot of us have that. Oh, yeah. guilt is a fear. Guilt is a kind of fear, yes. Oh, yeah. I've never heard that. That's interesting. And and a lot of it goes back to I'm not enough or, you know, that whole I'm not enough thing. Worthiness. Uh, Worthiness, yeah. And you can see that in the chart, too, if you have some of those areas uh, lit up in your chart. So it's just so informative to... Um, to oh, really understand that would be a fear that probably would that's not there's not a gate or a marking in the design chart for that but yeah or is imposter syndrome a way of walking through your fear maybe well getting over it would be yeah yeah is a, a lot of people have that challenge these days um i know there's a lot of people that specialize in helping people through it so uh, you have an ebook free gift for our listeners also with the same name yeah. as your talks, three sacred gifts you can learn from human design. So tell us about your free gift. Well, yeah, it's out on the homepage. And actually for business owners, there's a couple of other ones out there too, but there's three free gifts, uh, ebooks, you're welcome to download them. And they give you some explanation about the different types uh, a little bit of a sort of primer for human design. And then they give you some tips about the things that you can, some of the things we've talked about today are in three sacred gifts. And if you're a business owner, there's um, some tidbits about sales and marketing and uh, you know how to get out of overwhelm and other things, all based on your energy type and um, you know the other parts of your charts. So yeah, uh, go out there and there's a, a lot of blog articles, too, that you're welcome to, um, you know, read and get some insight on. And, um, you know, happy to answer any questions. You can always reach out to me via email um, on my website, nancyokeefecoaching.com. And happy to have a chat with you about uh, anything you have questions about. Cool. Well, I'll, I'll tell you, uh, if you're on youtube i have the link below if you're listening to the podcast her website is nancy and o'keefe is o-k-e-e-f-e -E -E, and there's no apostrophe so nancy and then forward slash your dash free dash gift so it's your dash free dash gift at nancy wonderful well Thank you so much, Nancy. Do you have any closing words for our audience? Uh, yeah, I'll just close with one thing. The most important thing you can do for yourself, whether you're a business owner, working on your relationships, whatever you know is going on in your life, is to just be yourself and trust yourself. You have all the answers inside you. You may have forgotten some of them. They may have been pushed to the background. But when something bubbles up, that's your, your psyche, your higher self, talking to yourself. Trust it. Trust it. Wonderful. Those are great words to live by. So thank you, everyone, for joining us today. And we thank Nancy for your wonderful talk on human design. Remember, everyone, to be the light you want to see in the world. <laughs>